0: They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.
1: The Go Radio football show with The Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go!
2: Well, it's not quite time for the transfer window to slam shut yet. 18 days of possible moves still to go. But it's all over as far as Celtic Gafferange Postacoglu is concerned. He says that after the Japanese contingent being increased from one to four, no other offers on the go for other players. Uh, Those deals, of course, for the Japanese trio having been done in the first few days of the month. So it's a bit unusual before we've even reached Craig Moore, the halfway stage of the January transfer window, for a manager to say, uh, that's it. Can you imagine the the tabloid uh, back page fillers around the country saying, it can't be finished already?
3: Well, no, no and I think that the next day or two, the, the, the media are going to continue throwing names of potentials. But, you know, Ange was pretty solid today in terms of his interview, in terms of the business that Celtic have done early. Like every every uh, other club Rob if anything was to happen whether it be an injury or something comes up now in the in the last couple of weeks clubs will be ready to move but Celtic seem to have done their business.
2: We are very happy. We were on Tuesday as well with the news uh, broken on that day of course um, that uh, the crowds the cap on the crowds would be gone uh, not just after Monday there was a suspicion that it might happen after the celtic Gibbs game Monday but it's going to happen in time for that. Yep. So we're going to have Sixty thousand inside Celtic Park, and a whole host of big games next week. Celtic Hibs Monday, Craig, and then it's Aberdeen against Rangers on Tuesday. Six points between them as we speak.
3: Yeah, look, I mentioned obviously with the with the restart, but the, the fantastic thing is is we've got the fans coming back into these matches, full houses, um really exciting card. And, and again, it's it's really important that these teams, you know, Rangers obviously a big game, Celtic against Hibs in the first game back. Um... Pressure starts, doesn't it? It starts straight away. And there's a title. There's a title race on, so really looking forward to it.
2: Yep, yeah, it's going to all pick up uh, in the Premiership uh, from Monday onwards next week. All 12 teams playing uh, across Monday and Tuesday. So we're going to be hearing in the course of the show uh, from Ange Postecoglou at a media conference today. And uh, one of the things he was talking about was the state of his squad. Having done those early January deals, to get the three Japanese players in alongside uh, Kyogo, uh, so Ediguchi is in, Hatate is in, Maeda as well, uh, alongside Kyogo Furuhashi. Uh and that could be that.
4: I mean, unless something extraordinary comes along, or you know, something happens within the existing squad that means we we need to move, but. As we speak right now, there is no other offers or people I've spoken to, so if you, the, the 20 names that come out tomorrow are all lies. <laughs> ah, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> They're all lies, yeah. I mean, look, that's the, the job that he's in, Rob, isn't it? I mean, the, the media are going to continually speculate about potential players.
2: Um, sun, them, I mean, no more speculation for the second half of the month about Celtic players because no, nothing's doing
3: well yeah again unless unless unfortunately something popped up in terms of an injury or or you know an offer coming for one of those players that's too good to refuse you never say never uh, but you know in terms of where he's at at the moment he's quite happy Get your thoughts,
2: uh, Craig, on uh, Riley McGree. Yep. Uh, he was being spoken about in terms of a move to Celtic. Yes. Uh, Ange Postacog was asked about it today. He did go round the houses for a little while before he <laughs> came back uh, to the point of the question. We
4: kind of had a clear idea about what we wanted to do in January and that was mainly focused around uh, the targets I kind of identified fairly on, which uh, you are know, obviously the three lads we've got in, Um you know, we've had some interest in others, but to be fair, a lot of it's quite crazy, to be honest, that you can pretty much throw up any name now and, and pretty much lie, I've got to say, and no one says anything. So I can tell you there is no other offers out there. We haven't spoken to anyone else. Rather, McGree was somebody we had an interest in because of my association with him. Um, and obviously, I know the player very well, but, you know, he's after initial discussions, he's decided to, to look elsewhere, which is fine.
2: Yeah, he says he knows him well, Ange Postacoglu, because it was he who gave him his first international call-up to the Australian squad, Riley McGree, and it does sound as if he's going to be heading for Middlesbrough. What do you make of that one, Craig?
3: Yeah, look, I mean, not surprised in terms of Riley McGree. I go back, Rob, a good few years ago, 18 months ago, I pushed him to Rangers. Uh, That's how how much talent I felt the the boy had had. Um, He was at Adelaide United, he went to, to Club Bruges, a little bit too young, but they seen the quality. He's had a great season at Birmingham. Um, now that he's, he's maybe taking the, the Middlesbrough option rather than the Celtic option, it, it, it will be down to money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and at the same time, it's in a in a league, Rob, that he's obviously been playing in and will know extremely well. So very good player. Uh, he is a very good player. He's a hard boy. Um, he's missed out in the junior national team tonight. So I think that desire and hunger has always been there to, to prove himself. Um, and if business is done at Middlesbrough, will be a very good signing for them.
2: And I take it from Ange's tone there. I mean, he didn't just blow it out of court. He didn't say, no, no, we were never in the running. This was all fabricated. He, he's basically said that they've lost out in the end mm-hmm. for Riley McGree by the sounds of it. And I think I think there's been talk of £20,000 a week uh, at Middlesbrough right. and presumably Celtic. Would you imagine Celtic just had a level, a financial level beyond which they weren't going to go?
3: I, th- I think as a football club, in terms of your recruitment, you also uh, you, you put budgets to those players um, and... and- the budget for Riley McGree might have been, you know, at a guess, Rob, 14 k. Um, if Middlesbrough are obviously looking to pay, pay that little bit more, uh, and again, like I said, a league that, that that Riley knows well, uh, and that probably, you know, just seemed to be the the right fit for him. Um, he would have been a player that probably would have competed with David Turnbull. He's the same. Type of position, he, you know, he's, he's that box-to-box midfielder, scores goals, but different goals to, to David Turnbull. But that probably would have been his direct competition.
2: What are you thinking um, about de Koglu saying that that is it? Uh, yes, he's going to be looking to get the Jota. Arrangement turned from a loan into a permanent move and probably the same goes for Cameron Carter-Vickers if that one can be done uh, as well. But in terms of any new names in the frame for Celtic, that appears to be it. Are you happy with that? Are you, if you're a Celtic fan, happy with the squad going into the second half of the season? Is it good enough to turn around that six-point deficit between now and May 0808 17 17 700 at go football show on the socials if you want to uh, send a message to us uh, but feel free to join the football conversation uh, and one person who will be joining the football conversation in the course of the show is David Marshall um, I'm not going to call him former Scotland keeper because uh, he could well be back in the squad if he gets back to yeah. game time uh, with Queen's Park Rangers and with uh, we're going to speak to him about this, Craig. Of course, but with Seni Dieng uh, away with Senegal at the African Cup of Nations and Jordan Archer, who of course uh, David will know well from Scotland squads, um, injured. He was injured during that penalty shootout in the FA Cup at the weekend. Mm-hmm. It does look as if David Marshall is going to be straight into the team on Saturday uh, against West Brom.
3: And what a game! What a game to come into. I mean, let's looking at QPR, obviously fifth. In the in the championship, they're both top six, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, Both top six, obviously. West Brom just above them, a point above them. Uh, look, what a what a move for for David Marshall. We, we've seen his heroics, obviously, with the Scottish national team. We we we've seen, obviously, from a distance in terms of, unfortunately, the, the situation at Derby. So for him to to get himself back, um, and QPR, obviously, a, a very good club, and as we we touched on, their really competitive position, fifth in the league. It could be fantastic for him. You know, a great game to come back into if he's going to play, which is a good opportunity.
2: Yeah, and he's come through a bit of a nightmare at Derby County. So he will be glad to put that behind him. Yeah. He'll, glad, he'll be glad to get back playing again. And he will hope um, that Stevie Clark will be keeping an eye. There's no doubt he will be keeping yeah. an eye on him. And uh, maybe uh, pre March. Uh, David Marshall can do enough to get himself back in that Scotland squad, uh, at least part of the squad. I mean, Craig Gordon is the undisputed number one at yep. the moment, but in time for that playoff against Ukraine.
3: Yeah, look, all, all players, you know, and David Marshall, you know, i actually seen him recently come come up and watch a uh, under-18s game at Motherwell and he, he popped in. Uh, but man, he knows, he's experienced, he knows he needs to be playing. And he needs to be playing week in, week out to put him in uh, that opportunity to enjoy that ride that, that the Scottish national team are currently on he'd be desperate to do that and in football it can change very, very quickly we touch on Craig Gordon uh, the, the fine form that he's in if, if Marshall can go and play the next you know, two months and knock out 8, 10, 12 games um, he puts himself in a fantastic position to come back into the squad
2: Former Rangers centre-back Craig Moore uh, with Rangers in two separate spells of course And uh, a multi-capped Australian international uh, has worked with Ange before, has played previously with Giovanni van Bronckhorst, who is Manager of the Month for December.
5: I think the start of my career at the Rangers has been very positive. I'm very proud to to win this award, but I think uh, what's behind the award, I think it's much more important. It meant uh, we have uh, done a great job. I think my staff who came with me, also the staff who's already here, they're helping me a lot and work hard to achieve uh, the wins we had. Also the players, I think I uh, thank them as well for all the work they've done uh, the last weeks, the last months. And uh, that's why, you know, I, I got this award. It's
2: been an impressive performance, hasn't it, from uh, uh, Giovanni van Broekhorst He's not one, as you well know, Craig, to, to go screaming from the rooftops about what he's going to do or what he has done. He's gone about it very quietly, but so effectively.
3: He has, hasn't he? I, I think there's been a real um, certainty about everything that Giovanni's done, a confidence um, that I expected. But to, to have the start that he's had has, has been quite incredible. Yeah? He's undefeated since he's been in the dugout. Uh, you know, six seven, I believe, clean sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, Morelos getting goals and and tinkering with the system uh, not, not, not the formation as such but just like I said little uh, subtle changes within the roles um, of, of certain players and he's got a massive um, performance performances from this team um, leading in so he thoroughly deserves the award like I said I think the pleasing thing is that Morelos also mm. uh, is back scoring goals um, looking well playing with a smile on his face so fair play to Giovanni he's done a very very good job but as he touched on Manager of the month is not what he's after. He's after the end of the season. He wants that trophy at the end of the season. There's another prize he's
2: after, (laughs) and it's the big one which uh, could unlock, of course, the riches of the Champions League. Straight into it uh, for the Scottish champions. Someone else with a smile on his face, I would imagine, at the moment, is Rangers fan Sean. Hi, Sean.
6: Hi guys, happy new year. And the, yeah, same,
2: yeah, and the same to you, hope you're well, hope you've been keeping well. Yep. Um, and you'll be echoing, Sean, everything that Craig said there about Giovanni van Bronckhorst um, and how big an impression he's made in a in a short time.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with you, I think he's doing a good job, obviously. Um, hopefully going and win the league, getting to the Champions League, because some people say it's 40 million, some people say it's 50 million, I think it goes up every single day. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward it. But one guy I'm looking, I hope I don't know if uh, Craig knows much about him. young PSG boy. Rangers are be looking at is that speculation, Craig, um, or is
3: that uh, true? Yeah, look, uh, to be honest with you, I've I've only seen the the stories that have that have been out there. Xavi Simons. Yeah, So uh, again, look, I mean, in terms of the network that Giovanni has. Um, it, it stretches quite far. Obviously, you touched on the City Group in previous shows, but you know, to 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 be shopping or potentially shopping in these type of places, these type of clubs, um, Sean, would not yep. surprise me at all. I just feel at the moment that Rangers are, are probably, probably pretty settled, uh, and unless you know, like I says, they lose a, a player um, yeah, last minute, um, I think it's going to be fairly much what you see now is what, what's going to be there come the end of the transfer window.
2: It's going to be Tuesday night, but Audrey, Sean, you would imagine, yeah. pretty much the Rangers team we've been used to seeing um, in the last few months. There, There's not really, I mean, James Sands has been signed. I don't think anyone would expect him to feature immediately. Um, so there, there is that continuity about Rangers, isn't there? Yeah, um, I, I'm,
6: looking for, I'm looking forward to Tuesday because I've seen the news break the news earlier, but I've seen it on your platform on Twitter, like, uh, there's five subs and I've been shouting for five subs yep. all, all the time I think the five subs should actually stay permanent but obviously doesn't it it, it mer- it's mere advantage I wonder it is mere advantage for the big teams because they got not the players yeah, for yeah. the weird teams maybe in the lower League it's a wee bit of a worry thing but I don't know if it's affecting the weird teams is it the lower League story
3: in terms of uh, look uh, the subs the, the, the five sub rule Sean I'm a little bit like you as well look and just in case anyone hasn't heard it yet, from from this week, from
2: next week, uh, from Monday, there, there's going to be nine on the bench, and you, on can, the bench and you can, you can use, use five. five of them.
3: Yeah. You can use five. And look, again, my opinion on this is that it, it certainly um, plays in the hands um, or is an advantage for the bigger clubs. There's no doubt about that because they've got bigger squad depth, therefore more opportunities to try and change things from, from the bench. Obviously, the... The mid to lower clubs, uh, you know, probably not in that in in that position. You know, is it down to to purely the schedules and the amount of games that that are played nowadays, Rob, or is it is it to do with COVID? Uh, I think it's everything, isn't it? I think taking, I, taking it all into yeah. consideration, but oh, I think it is an advantage to the bigger teams, if I'm honest.
2: Let's hear from the player of the month. Uh, well, Giovanni's yeah. thoughts on Alfredo Morelos coming up.
5: I think he's done well since I came in. scored some important goals. So that's always important for the team. He's working hard. His, his attitude has been been really well. So uh, he's a positive factor uh, for the team. I think it was. I think it's
2: four goals in his last five, and maybe six in his last eight games. So suddenly his numbers shown are looking a whole lot more like Morelos, aren't they? He's 13 uh, for the season at this stage. So he's maybe halfway to doing 25 again. And and that's kind of what you expect from him, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it should be well, I, I, says, I think I said At the start of the season I don't know if it was Rob or Paul I was speaking to And I said uh, well, If he wants to be A top striker And be valued with people are saying 25 25 million He's got to score At least 20 to 30 goals and I think he was on 5 goals and I think Mark Greedy says Well he's, he's only got 25 to go <laughs> So yeah. But I I, I I think he's I think he's improved um, Since Steels came in I mm-hmm. think be um, I thought he was, his form was dipping a good wee bit because so, I was actually one of the ones I'm a big fan of him but I was maybe uh, drabbling for a game or two just to try and get his attitude sorted but mm-hmm. he seems to be improving so maybe, but see, to be honest um, Rob I actually think maybe a change of management nothing against Steven Gerrard because mm-hmm. he's already done but I think it's worked for Rangers and I think yeah. it's even worked for Aston Villa I think both parties are actually yeah, when yeah. I watch him, it seems, yeah, yeah.
2: seems to have worked out. Is there less of Morelis than there was, Craig? Definitely, yeah, yeah. How, how do you explain that? How, how, what's what, why why would he be ca- carrying weight, uh, look, carrying a bit of a few extra pounds I, I, under I, Stephen Gerrard but not under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst?
3: I don't really like to, to talk about something that I guess because now Stephen Gerrard's away and it's kind of like moving forward, and being positive, but I have to say that he was obviously allowed to let it, uh, to get away with things. I, I think, and I, I think a few of us have said it, I think from the start of the season, Rangers were playing a, a, a certain way that wasn't really exciting. Uh, I think the, fr- the fans were frustrated with it. Standard for me, uh, it was just a little bit flat, you know, so the Morelos potentially being uh, a few kilos overweight, Rob, for me, that was, that was all part of it. Uh, and then, you know, Sean touches on it and I've, I've experienced it where a new manager comes in, all of a sudden... You need to you need you need to reel it in. Um you've got to impress, you've got to go out and, and now earn the trust of a of a new manager because just because you've scored so many goals or, or played so many games back to back, it counts for nothing. You've got to impress that new manager. And Giovanni, that's why that's why I think he's done an amazing job, because he's come in, he he's kind of just flowed under the I mean it's hard at Rangers to fly under the radar, but it's mm. just been nice and mm-hmm. steady and not too much noise. No. Subtle changes and the turnaround, and more importantly, I keep saying the way that Morelos seems to be enjoying his match, his games of football now, yeah. scoring goals. It's been a great turnaround.
2: I know, you do see the smile on his face at the moment. Before you go, Sean, just want to get your thoughts on next week. It strikes me that those are a couple of really important nights in the Premiership, and I know we've got a hell of a lot of football to play between now and when the prizes are handed out, but it strikes me Celtic Hibs Monday night. Aberdeen Rangers Tuesday night. Um, it it could be very interesting. What do you think?
6: Well, it could be interesting. It could be three points. It could be still um, six points. Or it could be nine points or yeah. event. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We couldn't ask for a better starting season. Celtic um, play Hibs and then Rangers and Aberdeen live on Sky. Well, I don't know if the Celtic game's on Sky. But don't I think so.
1: Rangers
6: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's got. It's got to be a good week. But. The only thing is, it's the old thumb game that comes up in February, a Wednesday night. That's got to be nuts, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, uh, thanks, Sean. Cheers, Sean. Good, Good to hear from you. All the best. Yeah, Premiership is back from Monday. Celtic Hibs Monday, Aberdeen Rangers Tuesday.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat, and more. Let's go, go, go.
2: Thursday's Scott Radio football show with the Taxi Centre, Rob McLean and Craig Moore tonight and time is already flying by couple more uh, 60 minute shows to go before we're back uh, back next week to the real deal back to our full 120 minute uh, presenter and two guests in the studio and lots of uh, star guests popping up as well and that will be happening in the next five minutes or so because we'll be talking to Scotland goalkeeper David Marshall he will be joining us uh, having joined Queen's Park Rangers uh, for the rest of the season and I would imagine straight into the team uh, in that big match we were talking about before the break Queen's Park Rangers against West Brom in the Championship on Saturday so it will be great to see him back in action he will be relieved and delighted and uh, looking to uh, make some performances that catch the eye of Stevie Clark and get him back in the Scotland squad Uh, before the big match in March against uh, Ukraine. We're hearing in the course of the show, of course, from Ange Postokoglu, who had a media conference today, talking about lots of uh, things. Uh, We'll get to as many of those as we can. He speaks about Stephen Welsh. Uh, We've already heard him speaking about uh, Riley McGree. He's going to speak about uh, Jota as well, his fitness and his future.
4: Um, And what about Lee Griffiths? No, that dialogue hasn't included me. Uh, um, You know, I think uh, Lee's situation is that, you know, he'll be probably looking at opportunities elsewhere, and, uh, and that's kind of where I see it as well.
2: Right, that'll be that then. Um, kind of dismissive uh, there um, about Lee Griffiths. He was what he was talking about was that uh, there's a suggestion that uh, Dundee might trigger a clause in his loan deal at Dens to send him back to Celtic. And what Ange Postecoglou was saying today was that uh, he may well be heading out on another loan spell for the second half of the season. But uh, that doesn't sound like he's got any sort of future at Celtic. And maybe that's no great surprise. But to finally hear it voiced like that. Um, sounds like the end for, for, for Griffiths at Celtic.
3: Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes that's, that's what you need, that honesty. Um, therefore, to, to have the ability to, to be able to move on and just looking um, to do different things, Rob, at this football club. You can see in terms of the style of football, the type of players that he's bringing in. Um, therefore, their, their energy, their ability to cover the grass, uh, that fitness level, the intensity of football... So, so for Lee, yeah, he, he's, his opportunities will need to, to be elsewhere. But again, as long as it's communicated clearly as it has been done, then he can go and find himself a new home and, and knows exactly what's in front of him and what he needs to do as well.
2: Yeah, good luck to him. Hope it goes well and hope he continues slamming in goals like he did uh, not so very long ago for Dundee up at Pataudry when he slapped in a free kick from about 30 yards. Slapped that in, you say? <laughs> <laughs> it, was more of a, it was more than a slap, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. honest. And I was right behind that goal and it, and it moved big time. Yeah. Uh, from side to side it was moving in the other direction as well um, it was some hit and it just a reminder of what he can do and I think we want to see him doing what he can do for whoever it is in the second half of the, the season um, talking of players on the way out uh, Jermaine Defoe is gone from Rangers after three years um, a diminishing role, of course, as a player yeah. in that time. Uh, he was retained as a as a striker's coach by Steven Gerrard. Yes. Clearly not required under the Van Bronckhorst regime.
3: No, clearly not. And and again, uh, this would have been handled and uh, done in the right way. Uh, Jermaine Defoe uh, has, has had a fantastic career. He's had a wonderful impact uh, up here as well. Not only with his goals that he's, he's scored for the football club, but I'm sure the, the the younger players within Rangers um, that he's been able to educate um, and give them that kind of wisdom, you know, that the experience that he's had throughout his days. So look, he'll be a, he'll be a big loss, but certainly not part of Giovanni's plans. And again, we talk about the decisions and and Giovanni being able to make those kind of decisions. Yeah. Uh, Defoe is one of those. And look, who knows? He probably find himself in another club and going banging goals. Somewhere else, Rob, such a talent that, that Jermaine Defoe has.
2: And he does have uh, Roy Mackay, who wasn't a bad striker in his day, as part of the coaching staff anyway.
3: And that's what's probably, again, worked against Jermaine Defoe. You know, the talk about potentially the coaching side working on the strikers um, you know, could have been a possibility, but when you touch on Mackay there and, and, and his career as a striker, pretty much Giovanni has that covered.
2: Let's talk to David Marshall it's Rob McLean and Craig Moore on Thursday's Go Radio Football show with the Taxi Centre David how are you?
7: Hi guys I'm good are you okay?
2: Yeah very well and you'll be very very well at the moment Uh, you've got a happy new year on the go already because uh, you've got yourself a new club
7: Yeah it was uh, happened really quickly at the start of the week Um, so obviously QPR had uh, one of the goalkeepers in African Nations and then Jordan Archer, unfortunately, dislocated his shoulder at the weekend. So, yeah, uh, yeah it was a bit of a whirlwind, 48 hours, 24 hours actually, at the start of the week, but delighted to get down and um, get straight into it have a big game at the weekend.
2: Yeah, Seni Diang uh, is away with Senegal, isn't he? At the African Cup of Nations um, and Jordan Archer, as you say, injured uh, at the weekend during that penalty shootout in the FA Cup. So, I take it you're straight in then? For for that game against West Brom on Saturday,
7: yes, we've got the game against West Brom. It's just myself and a, a kind of younger group of goalkeepers down here just now. Mm. So yeah, the club was in a position where they where they had to do something. So um, yeah, for me, I was just desperate to get back playing games. It's been a long four months since the the last transfer window mm. closed. So um, yeah, the opportunity was was too good to turn down.
3: David, uh, it's Craig Moore here. How are you, mate? Um, Hi, Craig. You good? Uh, yeah, good, pal. Listen, I mean, a fantastic opportunity. Firstly, delighted with the move for you. Um, QPR, fifth on the table. I tell you what, there's some excitement in terms of this back end of the season. Um, a, a lot at stake. And, you know, in terms of promotion, potential, but also national team, it puts you in a good position, at least to be involved at that top level that you were chasing.
7: Yeah, thanks, mate. That's um, that's exactly it. For me, looking speaking my agent before the, the window opened it was trying to get somewhere get back playing as early as possible in the window
3: yeah.
7: um so it's gave me that chance um but the daddy bonus as you say they're sitting fifth in the league real real good chance of of maintaining that playoff spot but mm-hmm. not a million miles away for the top two as well so um if we can keep the the injuries to a minimum um i've obviously had the chance to to train with the squad the last couple of days it's really talented Um, and I think we have three lads at African Nations if we can get them back um, I don't think we'll be far away so it's it's a good good squad and obviously as you mentioned the the, the national scene always takes care of itself but for me it's getting back to performing I always believe if I can get back playing regular club football I'll get back there but um, the main focus certainly for the next month or so will be uh, QPR
3: Mate, well, you'll, get, you'll definitely get plenty of games in that time. I'm just looking through your, your, your schedule of games, and I tell you what, the Championship, don't they throw them in? Eh? But it's, it's just great to be involved. And, you know, West Brom is going to be a, a huge one, but you look at your next, you know, four or five games, you've got Coventry there, you've got Swansea, you've got Reading, you've got Millwall. They're great games to be involved in.
7: Yeah, uh, great games. There's a lot of London derbies down here in the Championship. The atmosphere is great. Obviously, Millwall um, is a special atmosphere at any time. Um, but, yeah, as you say, big, massive game. If you can have a, a a big week, there's a lot of three game weeks here. If you yeah. get nine points in the board, it can jump you so quickly. So it's just getting that consistency. But I, I think QPR have had this season, um, and as I say, it's put them in a, a fantastic position at the at the moment.
2: And David, are you glad to put your Derby County days behind you?
7: Yeah, listen, I've, I've nothing bad to say about the club at all. With the way it ended, by myself was difficult. Uh, it was a tough four months, and I think the club's still going through a a tough spell with trying to get a new owner in Um, and credit to the players they've been exceptional under the circumstances again they've gave themselves a chance so I do hope it works out it's a fantastic club with with great people Um, yeah I'm delighted to to get out just selfishly but um, I'm sure that club will kick on once the the right owner is in charge
2: And it must have been really painful for you um, because of what happened because you weren't playing um, that you saw your Scotland squad place vanishing before your very eyes because Stevie Clark couldn't pick you because you weren't playing.
7: Yeah, it was a difficult one. I spoke to uh, the manager in, uh, all, uh, towards the end August um, and just had the conversation. It was, it was, I was at that time trying to get out and try to find the club, but Derby told me the situation really late, so everybody was kind of set with their goalkeepers at that time. Um, so. Yeah, I have no issue with that at all. You're not playing games. You need to be right for for international. Um, so yeah, no problem with that at all. Hopefully, that can change for me. But um, the, the Scotland manager Steve's been been great, so completely understand his his reasoning behind that.
3: I say that with David. You say that Steve Clark's been great. Has he has he been in touch then, just to wish you all the best on on this particular move?
7: Not yet no. I've not had the time, as I say. It's been a mad um, few days. I've had loads of text messages and phone calls coming in, so. I'll go back to them, but um, yeah, I'll be looking to to perform well and hopefully I can catch Steve's eye again. I'm sure.
2: And that's all you want, David, isn't it? All, all you want is the opportunity to play. That's what makes it really frustrating, isn't it, when you're sitting on the sidelines and you and you can't play and you you can't make your claim for for a place in the in the Scotland squad. And, and what you have now is is a big opportunity and a really high profile opportunity as well.
7: That's it, Rob. Yeah, uh, I think the frustration for me was when. I never got out in the summer,
2: and uh, the way Derby had said that
7: I was almost redundant for that four months. I knew I wasn't going to play football um, until, until January again, um, unless you know, exceptional circumstances happened. Um, so it was almost the end there, but I still had the, the four months to to show over it. So yeah, just to have the opportunity, um, something to look forward to. It's, it's difficult to train especially in September, October time when you're training Monday to Friday and then the weekend passes you by and mm. uh, you see the Scotland games and how important they are and how big they are. Um, and you, you don't actually realise how much football you miss. Um, mm. and the European football kicks in for the lads and you're texting your mates and they've played 20, 30 games and, you, and you've not played any. So yeah, just that opportunity again, that's all anybody can ask for and it's up to me to then perform.
2: It must have played with your head, that that, that spell. Uh, that really, I mean, frustrating probably doesn't quite cover it in terms of a word to, to describe it. I mean, what, what sort of agonies were you going through?
7: It was it was tough. Um, as I say, there was a bit of finality with the, when the window closed in the summer because I knew at Derby, regardless of what happened, it, uh, I don't think I was going to play. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say the first few weeks were, were very tough. And then there was a stage a, a limbo, kind of limbo in October time when you're, it's still a long, long time to January, it felt like. Um, but then you get going again, you just try and keep as professional as you can. Um, and as I say, edging towards uh, the window, you're, you're trying to get yourself in peak condition to go and play. I, I said to my agent that I really wanted to get out early in the window and I've been lucky. Um, circumstances at QPR have allowed that.
2: I mean, you're obviously... Going to take it one step at a time. You get in the team, you play, you hope to perform to the best of your abilities. You hope to, you know, get a good long run of games. Um, but I'm, but the Scotland thing must be a big driving. F- I mean, you're a na- you're a national hero, aren't you? So you're you <laughs> there'll, there'll be a probably monument eventually built to, built to you for what you did in terms of qualifying for the for the Euros. Uh, Scotland must be a big thing in the back of your mind a- about reasons to get back playing and back performing at, at your top level again.
7: Yeah, it is um, certainly in the summer. If I was, if I'd got that move or I continued playing at Derby, then um, I feel as if I would would have been there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so uh, every player that plays for Scotland or the other country will tell you how important it is. But just my personal circumstances of how well it was going, and then we made mm. obviously the tournament for the first time in a while. Yeah, it probably does hurt that little bit more than than most so it's um, certainly always been in the back of my mind um, but throughout my whole career it's you need to perform at club level or else you don't get there so um, I need to get myself back fit and playing well to, to even enter the manager's thoughts because there's a few goalkeepers coming through I know Xander and uh, Mark, uh, Liam Kelly have done really well this season so um, big Big Craig's doing there. okay yeah, I don't make a mention <laughs> that everybody how, how Well, he's doing. Um, so yeah, it's the boys have taken a chance. Obviously, it looks as if Xander may be moving uh, quite, yeah. if, if not now in, in the summer. With his contract coming to an end, and, and John's obviously um, does great when he goes in at Rangers. So yeah, uh, as I say, it's holding on to me uh, me now because I've got that opportunity.
3: Absolutely, yeah, you're absolutely confident coming in. Uh, obviously, you know we, you touch on in terms of training and not having that reward of playing the matches. Um, you know, for a period of time at the weekend. With that timeout, we know that training is completely different to matches in terms of your decision-making. But you, you've got total yeah. confidence that you're, you're ready to go in and do the job, yeah?
7: Yeah, yeah. I think the experience helps here, uh, Craig. Um, I think um, there were no doubt, as I say, there might be some rustiness, but uh, there's nothing I can do about it. I've just trained as hard as I can. Yeah. And I think it was good that I managed to get uh, training with, with QPR on Tuesday, so I've had the, the build-up and seen mm-hmm. the tactical work, and see how trying to do as much analysis in the next couple of days just to get a feel um, for the squad and, and how they play. So the manager's been pretty good that way. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I feel I feel good, and say so hopefully that experience that I have can uh, can help come come Saturday.
2: How David was watching. Those Scotland World Cup qualifiers, you know, when you've been the man, when you've been the goalkeeper, and then suddenly you're a you're a spectator. I know you did a bit of a uh, did, did a bit of TV stuff, didn't you, with Sky? But um, how, how was that watching from the touchline rather than being part of it? Yeah, it was
7: strange. Yeah, very strange. I was. I did the Israel game and we scored. Um, and Scott McTominay scored last minute, so the, mm. that was. Because the fact that it was a full house again, the, the noise that night was incredible. Um, so that was something that I have not had, even when we qualified and then got to the Euros, we never had a full house. So um, that that was my mind that a full hamden again would be nice to get back to. Um, but yes, it's a tough watch. Uh, I was fully confident. I think obviously that was a big turning point in October when when we beat Israel at home. Mm.
3: And that was the a watch. Really... That was a watch for you, wasn't it? You? you were doing the television. I think you mm-hmm. were at you were yeah. at the, the game, weren't you?
7: Yeah. Yeah, I was at the game, and um,
3: yeah, it was. A, it felt
7: like the first real big game when everybody was allowed back in. Yeah, um, and yeah, the atmosphere was electric, and I think it just builds. Even though you win last minute, you might not have played as well as we should have done. Certainly first half, but it builds that rapport with the fans. Scoring last minute, and it just carries on for the summer. That good feeling, and then the boys were so professional. In November, it was the expectation was there, but they got the job done pretty comfortably. Then.
2: Well there's a lot of people listening in a lot of people up here will be hoping that everything goes according to plan that you do uh, what we're used to seeing you do for Queen's Park Rangers starting from uh, Saturday and there'll be a lot of people hoping uh, that the name of D Marshall is back in that Scotland squad uh, before too much longer come, come the, the tail end of March so good to hear from you David and we wish you all the best Thanks very much guys Good luck Cheers. David Cheers. All the best
1: The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat, and more. Let's go, go, go!
2: Thursday's Go Radio football show with the Taxi Centre, Craig Moore and Rob McLean at your service for the next, well, just about 15 minutes now. Uh, 5 till 6 at the moment. It's going to be 5 till 7 from uh, next week as the Premiership returns. Celtic Hibs Monday night, a whole host of games on Tuesday, including Aberdeen against... Rangers, just uh, looking today at some quotes uh, attributed to Stuart Robertson, Managing Director of Rangers, he's been speaking to Athletic um, and he's saying that that tiny away support at Old Firm Games is not going to change anytime time soon. Mm. Uh, and he says the vast majority of Rangers fans don't want it to change. I think it was 800 Celtic fans at Ibrox, 800 the other way around. Um rather than seven or 8,000 as it's been. Uh, what do you think, Craig, about that?
3: Yeah, look, I know he said that it was you know, the, the thought of the majority, although there were certain other people that, that had different opinions. I'd love to see a little bit more in terms of the away support getting in. I think that creates a, a far better atmosphere, Rob. Uh, again, I can only go back on the experiences that I had, Uh, in terms of old firm matches and it was always fantastic whether it be at Ibrox or whether it be at Parkhead you want to play in front of obviously your own supporters and as many of them as you possibly can but you know when you're away from home you know that it's going to be uh, at a minimum but I'd like to see more than 800
2: Let's speak to Kev from uh, a Celtic State of Mind podcast Hi Kev
8: Hi Rob, how are you?
2: Yeah, very well, thanks. What, what? Just straight to that. What, what do you think about that? The, the tiny away support at Rangers Celtic games these days.
8: Yeah, I think it kind of devalues the game a little bit. I heard um, Craig's comments there, and I fully agree with them. I think we should have certainly a couple of thousand away fans from each side that, um, at Celtic Park or Ibrox. It, it makes the game. You know, the fans at that game. Of make it, yeah, they bring the atmosphere, um, so yeah, I kind of feel like it kind of devalues it. And I, I must say, probably from a, a player's point of view, as Craig said, it does take away a little bit of the experience of playing there and, and trying to do the best for you know your travel and support in that game.
2: I was going to ask you about your favourite ever uh, Ranger Celtic atmosphere that you played in, Craig, but if I ask you anything further back than about half an hour ago, you're probably going to struggle to to recall it. No, uh, I've got do one. you have something on the I've tip of your one, tongue? And I'll tell you what,
3: and, I, and I actually didn't play in the in the match it was it was a 92 93 season it was a it was a cup semi and it was at Ibrox but it was 50-50 split. Mm. And it was my first experience ever as a uh, you know I was about to sign for Rangers at the time watching a game and it was 50-50 and it was absolutely dynamite. The atmosphere was incredible. It's, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Do you remember that game, yeah, Rob?
2: I yeah I can just about remember end. it. It was the
3: back end of the, the season season ninety
2: three. I get the feeling, Kev, Kev's football memory maybe doesn't go back that far. Because uh, be? I'm a
3: little bit older. Sorry, Kev, <laughs> you're probably about twenty two, and I'm yeah, double that.
2: Yeah, he, Kev is just oh, wondering God. there what the nineties were
3: probably. But. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying, Kev. You're too Kev. Kind. <laughs> uh, but we need, like I said, I think you know the eight hundred. Uh, for me, it. As a spectacle, you know, I would like to see more away supporters in at these matches because, as you touched on, I think it's a fantastic um, event. I think the supporters actually make these games, and and I think you need that, uh, you know, home and away support combined. I think that's what really creates that buzz and atmosphere, and the players love it.
2: We're all really excited about the return of the Premiership next week, and of course, Kev will be particularly excited about Celtic Hibs. On Monday night, uh, sixty thousand, uh, thankfully, are going to be inside the ground uh, for that one. I wonder if Jota might play in the game. This was Andrew Postacoglu, Kev, uh, speaking today at the media conference.
4: Yeah, it's good to have him back. Like I said, he's one of the ones we, who obviously, you know, was, was out sort of medium to long term, but he's he's rehabbed really well, um, and and uh, you know, joined in uh, training uh, today. Um, he's been training, but joining in sort of team training, and uh, yeah, we'll see. He won't he won't be far off if it's not Monday. We, we expect him sort of over the next uh, couple of weeks to, to be available, and um, yeah, like I said, he's, he's rehabbed really well and he feels pretty good. Uh,
2: what do you make of that, Kev? If it's he said, if it's not Monday, uh, it's going to be in the next week or two. Do you reckon? Do you expect him to to feature on Monday night?
8: Yeah, probably do. To be honest, I'm not sure if he'll start the game. I don't know if it's one that will maybe come just a little bit too early for him and his recovery, but. Now we've got the nine subs, I can perfectly see him taking up a place on the bench. Um, it'd be be useful for his like say, recovery to get maybe 10-15 minutes at the end of the game if it's going that way. Um, but he, he'll be a massive boost mm. to Celtic whenever he does get back in that starting lineup because he's he's one of those players that you know, he puts bums on seat, he's an exciting player, he's got the, the flicks and tricks and uh, the end product to go with it. So I'm very much looking forward to him getting back in the
2: team whenever it is. It's a big boost, Craig, isn't it, to have him back in the frame again come Monday night. And of course, uh, Maeda, Iwaguchi, Hatate, yep. Kyogo, four four uh, Japanese players. Could, you would imagine will be in that squad as well. It's going to be an interesting team selection.
3: Yeah, and then like I said, oh. that'll be something also that Kev. I'd be interested know your thoughts. But the the, the Japanese uh, obviously signings that you mentioned, Rob. Obviously they're they're, they're exciting. What can they deliver? Commercially, it's unbelievable for, for Celtic. Jota, Jota's been a big player. Eh? Jota's mm. been a big, big player for, for Celtic. So the sooner they can get him back into the fold, the better. Uh, Kev, in terms of the second half of the season, what improvements need to be made at Celtic and where do you think um, they'll come from? And is this a title race? Yeah, um,
8: I think the first half of the season, to touch on that first, was really one of uh, Ange trying to bed his system and his style into, into the team. Um, there was obviously quite a lot of injuries and and 14 or 15 new players coming into the squad so I think that was a a massive task that he had over the first half of the season I think now looking into the second half there should be hopefully a lot more consistency in team selection players will will have had the last four or five months to get to know each other Um, the new lads that have come in from Japan hopefully all have a decent understanding of each other as well so I'm I'm really excited to see uh, what they can bring to the team.
2: Yeah, uh, it- I- so, sorry, Kev, I, I was just going to say that, that Post, we heard Andrew Postacoglu speaking about uh, Jota's fitness. Uh, the other F word that all Celtic fans are, are interested in is his future. Is that loan deal going to be turned into uh, a permanent
4: arrangement? You know, hopefully uh, having a big second half of the year, he, he he started really well for us and obviously had the injury set back. Just great to get him back on the field and, and performing. And yeah, you know, in terms of beyond this year, that, that'll take care of itself uh, at the appropriate time.
2: And you, you would imagine... Kev, that, that while uh, Ange Postacoglu is saying that's it, we're, we don't have offers in for anyone else That that is the squad you would imagine that, that what is now happening big time behind the scenes is uh, stepping up the efforts to get that deal done with Benfica to make it a permanent one and maybe Car- Cameron Carter-Vickers as well
8: Yeah, I would think so I think signing Jota on a permanent deal is a must for next season the impact that he's had in, in that first half of the season has been it's been incredible and I think he's had a bigger impact than any of us really expected that he would. So whether it's was it five or six million pounds to get him in it would be money well spent um, yeah. and it has to be a definite same with Carter vickers as you mentioned there. he's had a a brilliant influence in the defense really kind of very an influence in the back line. Not sure what the fee is for him. It depends where you read it. so it's anything yeah. from two to five to ten million. Mm. But if it's a reasonable enough fee, I think it's one that has to be paid because again he he really looks the part defensively. What what, what, is, there, what, what is a What what
3: is a Yeah, yeah. No, what is a reasonable fee? For because ten was the fir- fir- first figure that really came out was ten million, which
2: sounded a bit ridiculous um, for a guy that's nowhere near the the first team at Tottenham. Yeah, but you, you know, it's all about negotiation, you you would imagine, isn't it? To 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 get to some sort of reasonable figure in terms of what his worth is to to Celtic, but but he's been he's been pretty rock steady, hasn't he? Very steady, very yeah.
3: steady. I think he's you know he's he's come in, he's been nice and calm. Um, he's obviously benefited from the games, uh, but like I said, that ten million that that. Celtic I wouldn't imagine would be spending that type of money and, and therefore he would have to look elsewhere but you're right Rob I think there's a deal to be done there mm. you know in terms of a lower lower price sell on uh, maybe uh, but he's been he's been very very good for Celtic and they'll they'll be desperately trying to keep him
2: and I wonder Kev whether somewhere in that equation as well is getting the likes of Barkas and Ayeti off the wage bill freeing up some some money that enables Celtic to reinvest in Jota and Carter-Vickers
8: yeah, I think if you read between the lines and what Ange was saying in the press conference today, that there's basically no more, no one else coming in at the moment, I would say that that goes on. If someone leaves, as you say, like a bar cast, frees up some wages, gets in a transfer fee, then that could either be reinvested in this window or it goes towards a, a deal for Yota or or Carter Vickers.
2: It's a massive match Monday night, isn't it? It's going to be great to have a, a full house in uh, at Celtic Park. And I mean, do you feel as if there's no room for slip-ups? Do you feel as if there is that pressure on Celtic with the six-point gap uh, that they don't want to be giving anything away anytime soon? They want to keep that gap, close it if possible, but certainly not let it expand?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think six points is as far as it can go at this moment in time. You definitely don't want to be nine points behind Rangers. Even with three Glasgow, without be still to play. If you, you know, you then have to win the all to win the league. So yeah, uh, yeah. Monday night is a, is a massive game. Got to go out and get the three points against Hibs, and then hope Aberdeen can do something on Tuesday.
2: Kev, good to have you on the show. Cheers, Kev.
8: Brilliant. Cheers. Thank you.
2: All the best. That's Kev. Looking forward to Celtic Hibs Monday night. We all are. Premiership back in business. Uh, some really exciting games coming. And this show will be back to its full two hours. Craig Moore, we'll just think about all the talking you can do in two hours, which you have at the moment, having haven't squeezed into one. It's been difficult. But anyway.
3: Oh, uh, I'll let you crack on for a bit anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Craig. Cheers. Cheers.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go.